1: Welcome to NFL week nine on the helipod with MJD before we get started want to tell you about our good friends at Viore it's the best looking the best feeling and the highest performing athleisure apparel on the market hands down there is no question about it Uh, go see for yourself and get you ready for the winter and the fall grab some of their joggers their hoodies they have great jackets they have these awesome flannel shirts they're making right now but more so than anything what viore is known for is their athletic wear they have awesome performance tees they have great shorts the bank shorts the core short if you live somewhere that's warm weather and you want to go swimming they make great board shorts as well it's perfect for everything Uh, from pickup hoops to yoga to the peloton just check them out it's viori v-u-o-r-i clothing.com and put a slash helipod on there we're going to give you 20% off your first order v-u-o-r-i clothing.com slash helipod for 20% off your first order today i wear it all the time mjd lives in it take my word for it you will love the Ori. And with that being said, The Heli Pop with Maurice Jones Drew starts right now. Okay, MJD, there is all kind of news flowing in. Normally, I do this rundown the night before. I had to totally change it, man. This is crazy what's going on.
2: Uh, Dan, listen, uh, it started yesterday, and then it's just like a news dump Friday pretty much, but on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's nuts. We got a lot to we got a lot to talk about. So let, let's go ahead and dive into it.
1: Yeah. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers. He is out for this week's game against Kansas City because he has COVID. Uh this would have been the first time that Rodgers and Mahomes had faced each other. So what does this mean? Well, it means that Jordan Love is going to start for the first time in his NFL career. And it's also interesting with all, I don't want to get into the weeds on being vaccinated and unvaccinated but the nfl has a rule that for unvaccinated players who test positive they must quarantine for a minimum of 10 days and then take a negative test before they can come back if you are vaccinated all you need is two negative tests within 24 hours of each other and you can be back within five days so Aaron Rodgers, apparently, it's come out that he had an alternate treatment before he reported to training camp. He petitioned to the NFL to have that considered a vaccination. It went back and forth for a while. The NFL said, no, your alternate treatment does not qualify as a vaccination. So you will be considered unvaccinated. So that means the earliest Rodgers can return is November 13th. So that's not this coming Saturday, that's next Saturday before Green Bay can host Seattle so you can be assured that if Rodgers is healthy and has passed his test and is asymptomatic and is uh, quarantined for 10 days um, that he's going to play but potentially potentially you're looking at him missing up to two games here MJD that's that's a big deal but I think it's more of a blessing in disguise that they get a first look at Jordan Love what do you
2: think yeah, I don't I don't agree with that. This this whole you've been looking at Jordan Love for 2 years in practice. And in preseason, that's different. Yeah, it, no, it does you we we you know what you have. So, let me tell you this. As a, as a, as players, we know from the first time you step on the field in OTAs if you're a player or not. Easy. Can tell right then and there. Oh, he has the juice. Oh, he can play. Right? The organization may not be able to know, but as a player, you know. I remember vividly us drafting a kid in like the seventh round and being like, "Oh, this dude could play." Like, why did he last in the seventh round? He ended up being a big time special team player for us and a defender. But you already know what you have in Jordan Love, at least the players do, right? And you're on a roll right now. You're you're trying to win. You're with the top of the NFC right now. You just beat the undefeated uh, Cardinals. You're trying to have. You're trying to lock up the lock up the one seed to make everyone go through Green Bay. This ain't going to help you. There is no blessing in disguise about this right now. You're in win-now mode. You're not in let's look, we're not rebuilding, right? So this is going to hurt you more than help you. Now, the, the, only, the only, I guess, caveat to this is that you're playing the Chiefs defense who can't stop anyone, right? That, that, that looked not very good. Now, I know they traded for Melvin Ingram, but that's going to be your saving grace against, hopefully, Devontae Adams is back. You know, Alan Lazard, all these guys, and you can kind of go and get ready. But right now, you know, you better be able to coach your butt off, Matt LaFleur, because we're about to figure out a lot about the Green Bay Packers, if it's all Aaron Rodgers or if it's the coaches and everyone else around them.
1: I'm hearing everything you're saying, and I know you're taking a look at it from a totally different perspective, an inside perspective, a player's perspective, and you know if guys can play or not. but when it's live fire, when it's not basically a scrimmage, when you're not playing against uh, your scout team defense, or in Jordan Love's case, your own defense, your number one defense, uh, there has to be a difference there, and there has to be some intrigue to find out how Jordan Love is going to react for the first time in his professional
2: career a- against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, I think that's for like people who don't know football, right? who are front office people, per se. Like, there's a lot of people that are GMs and that have done this and, and have never stepped on an NFL field before, right? There's a lot of GMs who grew up in the scouting ranks but never practiced in these situations. And practice is not about live. and It's about being where you're supposed to be. Or in Jordan Love's case, throwing the ball where it's supposed to go consistently, Right. That's how you know that those guys can play in those live games. And Again, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I remember my first OTA practice, right? MJD,
1: hold on for one second. There is a tiny little bit of scratching on your microphone. Is, is, there, is there a windscreen on that? Is there a little, uh, you know what
2: a windscreen oh, is? Yeah, it's not a, there is no windscreen on there.
1: Oh, I mean, They should have sent you a windscreen, buddy.
2: I'll just put it this way. There you go. There we go. How about that?
1: I think that's better.
2: Okay. So anyways, I remember my first <laughs> let's OTA. keep that
1: all in, by the way, John, yes. I like I, it's just I, I think people like to know the ins and the outs of what yes. goes on. He has what's called a little lavalier microphone that he uses for his television hits. And uh, it's just a little scratchy, but I think we're good now.
2: Yeah. So um, I remember my first OTA and everyone was nervous, right, because they see me come in the building. I'm five, six, five, seven. I, I don't look like your average guy. Um, and I can, I could feel the players like kind of second guessing me. I could feel the coaches, you know, you're finally seeing me in person. It's kind of like, wow, like really? You could feel that. Oh yeah. Like people were, you could, like, you could feel it. They're like, bro, there's no way this dude can come out here and play. Right. You could feel those type of things. I remember, I remember that feeling. And the first OTA, you know, I was in practice kind of like doing my thing and we went to one-on-ones and I remember I broke one of the linebackers down, like we broke them down, caught it. Took it to the house, right? <laughs> then we came out in team, and I got a nice run, Woof, right? And they're like, "Oh, he could play." Like, caught us catching screens, and I'm playing receiver. And all of a sudden, like, "Oh, okay, we're good."
1: Hold on, there we go with the mic again. What do you mean?
2: Is I not just paused.
1: No, it's doing something. There's like feedback. There's your phone next to it,
2: bro. You guys I'm got s- too much going on. over I'm
1: here. just saying, I'm a, I'm a technical <laughs> wizard.
2: Let's just get the podcast going. At the end of the day, you know if Jordan Love after two years can play or not, right? Right. Now, me and you don't know that because we're not in there every day. We don't see him every. We don't see the, if he is he there at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning watching film? Is he, you know, the last one out? Is he doing all these things? We don't know. But that's what it comes down to is the players know if he can play or not, right? And from what I've heard, I'm not gonna say what I've heard, but from the understanding, hold on
1: a second. No, no, no. Rewind. Of course, you're gonna
2: say what you've heard. You're not saying who you heard it from. What have you heard? Can he play or not? I've heard that it's it, it's Aaron Rodgers. They need Aaron Rodgers. Is what I've heard. So we're. So you've
1: heard he. To... Y- you've heard he hasn't impressed.
2: Yeah, he hasn't impressed in two years. And so, from my understanding, is, you know, that they, we're gonna find out as a, a national media who he really is come Sunday. And I, I don't know, like. These are just people that things I've heard from people in the media and people that have been over there and seen them play that we're going to see on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I think we're, we're all kind of anxious to see at this point, the Packers of course riding a seven game winning streak tied with the Rams and the Cardinals for the best record in the NFC. And you mentioned it. Devontae Adams was out with COVID. Alan Lazard was a close contact with Adams, So he was out Joe Barry, the defensive coordinators missed time. So, Uh, COVID has really run roughshod over the Packers right now Uh, in terms of wide receivers Michael Thomas Saints great wide receiver I mean last time he had a full healthy season was in 2019 the dude set an NFL record with 149 catches for over 1700 yards I mean he's an absolute stud not going to play at all this season because of an ankle injury which is apparently different than the ankle injury he suffered at the beginning of last season. He's been rehabbing for some time. You know, this story, I'm just explaining it to our listeners. MJD Thomas put off surgery so he could play with drew Brees last year in the final season, you know, make a big push. He only ended up playing in seven games. He got surgery late in the off season in June, the timing of which really perturbed head coach, Sean Payton. So there was a rift there for a little while. And Thomas was going on social media Saying that uh, they wanted him to play last season and now they're trying to make him look bad and it's a smear campaign. He had a call with Sean. They've supposedly ironed things out, but nonetheless, he's not going to be on the field for this entire season. And this is like Alvin Kamara and the miracles. They're now without Jameis Winston for the rest of the year. He tears his ACL. I mean, this is, they're five and two after beating the Bucs with Trevor Simeon. In at quarterback replacing Jameis, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see any realistic scenario um, where they finish the season like they started, right, MJD?
2: Uh, I think they will. I, I, this is the thing. Like, their defense is playing really well. First of all, let me get to Mike Thomas, though. Um, I've been in that situation. Um, you always have to do what's best for you, okay? My story is I, get a, I break my foot pretty much against the Raiders in 2012. Uh, I hold off getting surgery because our team tells me and this is the kind of the reason like it was real rough with me in the Jags for a while. They tell me they didn't want to pay me at first and then I break my foot. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to get surgery. Hold on. Wait, like, let's get you back. Let's try to win some games. I was like, hold on. You just told me when I was holding out that you didn't need me. Now my foot's broken and you're like, we want it. So I don't get surgery. I listen to the team because we're always taught as kids. You know, it's team first. You got to go out there. Can't run. Can't do anything. I hold off surgery for three months. So I I think I broke it in maybe the beginning of October. I don't get surgery until January, right? So now this prolonged, I have this whole offseason where I don't can't run, can't do anything because my foot's snapped in half. And, you know, there was no kudos for me to do that, right? The next year I play. Then after that, they tell me they're going to let me test free agency. But they never once were like, well, look, bro, listen, we, we kind of messed you up a little bit. Maybe we'll let you get another offseason on your belt. We'll try to get a deal done. No. So Michael Thomas, do what's best for you. Because at the end of the day, they're always going to do what's best for them. So that's that situation. Now, let's go to the Saints as a whole. They have enough talent on this roster to overcome this, right? Both Jameis had been playing the best. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be Simeon or Taysom Hill, but whoever that is, you just don't turn the ball over. You, you added Mark Ingram to help your running game, which is great, so you're just going to run the ball, play action pass, and play defense, and you can beat most of the teams doing that. You just beat the, the Buccaneers doing that, right? So to me, I, I think as long as you, you're coaching your butt off, they don't turn the ball over, and defensively they can stay healthy, they're going to be tough to beat. The Saints have a really good defense.
1: Their defense is excellent. I mean, they are, their defense is excellent. But here's the thing that concerns me they have no playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, not named Alvin Kamara. He leads the team with 28 catches, right? They have two receivers on the roster, two wide receivers on the entire roster with more than six catches. Hey,
2: That's crazy. Dan, that sometimes you got to do that. I mean, you just got paid, Alvin. Like, it's time for you to show up. And they got you some help. They brought in, Mark Ingram to help you to give you a break. But sometimes you got to, hey, if you want to do that, you got paid the big money. I was once told once you get paid, the expectations um, ra- uh, raised a little bit. Well, his had gone through the roof. We expect you to ball out even more now after giving you all this money. So this is kind of how the the, the the thing goes. Now, I, I expect the Saints to probably go in the draft and draft a QB early, right? I expect the Saints to kind of probably go get another wide receiver, in the second round or, or vice versa or flip it, however you want to do it. But right now, the way it looks is going to be on this defense and Alvin Kamara to win games. And and the expectation for the Saints is still to go to the playoffs and still be one of the tough teams in the NFC.
1: It's funny. You say that about uh, bringing in Mark Ingram, uh, they, the man, did they need him? Their second and third leading rushers for the Saints this year, Jameis Winston, who, by the way, not the most athletic character. He was their second leading rusher. And then, and then Taysom Hill, their third leading rusher. So, You mentioned Trevor Simeon. He came in last week. Taysom Hill is coming back from concussion protocol. Would you roll with one of those two, or would you pluck Phillip Rivers off the high school coaching field and have him come in?
2: Yeah, listen, Phillip Rivers retired. He retired for a reason, right? Uh, To me, I would just go with Trevor Simeon. Um, he's, He's capable enough to take you where you need to go, right? Like, he's good enough. And, and and sometimes that's all you need. Again, your defense is playing really well right now. You just need good enough. And good enough will help you, right? And and then you just gotta kinda wait till next year to go. But to pluck Phillip Rivers off, let's for, let's not let's not forget. Phillip Rivers needs weapons. He can't move. He can't do anything. Um, so it's it's one of those issues uh where I think I'm sorry, I got this this work computer, they're trying to do an update. But um he he has issues if he doesn't have weapons. So if you're Philip Rivers, man, like I don't know, he can't move. He can't. He does, you don't have weapons. Well, how good is it to help him?
1: So they they have uh they have Atlanta coming up, sure and they have, they have uh, it's crazy. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but like they've just owned Matt Ryan when they played Atlanta. But then they're at Tennessee, at Philly, Buffalo, Dallas, right? So. So I would
2: say the last two are tough, right? Tennessee's kind of
1: Well, we don't know what Tennessee's gonna we be don't right know now.
2: What Tennessee's gonna be right now. We yeah. don't know. Derrick Henry's out. Julio Jones has been banged up with that hamstring. AJ Brown's been going crazy. But that's about it.
1: Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the Tennessee story in a minute because uh, I, I think it's I'm fascinated by what they're going to have to do to try and overcome that loss. But before we get to that, I have to ask you about Odell Jr and yeah. Odell Sr. Yeah. Um, so there's been much that has been made about Odell Beckham since he returned from injury and the lack of production and Baker Mayfield's inability to you – I know how you
2: feel about Baker.
1: I know how you feel about Baker.
2: So, uh, so, 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 the, where, so where, where, where do you, you want to go with this?
1: Well, this is where I want to go with this. First of all, if your mom or your dad or your cousin or your sister or whatever put out a video – during your time with the Jags and put like the 11, 11 minutes basically of, of negative footage about one of your teammates. And you're, and they did that. You're essentially, you know,
2: they're doing that. You're co-signing it, right? You know like that, You don't know they're doing that first and foremost, but still, you think that would they do that without talking to you? Yes. People do that without talking to you. If, if listen, I'm not, look, I'm not LeVar ball, but I do have two sons and a daughter who played team sports okay there's a lot of people in team sports that you hear especially being a youth football coach that you hear people talk trash right you hear parents the noise as a, as a youth football coach that doesn't mean the 13 year old kid told the mom to do that and let's remember I don't care how old Odell Beckham is to his mom and dad who is he to your kids they're still your baby and you're going to do, do things without their permission. You don't need their permission. You know why? Because I created you. Now, you may create a rift in the locker room, and Odell may have to go handle that, but they didn't have to ask for his permission to, to, to go out there and make a video.
1: I know they didn't have to, but you think he did?
2: No. And then this other thing. Was the video wrong?
1: Well, there, there's a few drops. There's a few drops that Odell has that didn't seem to be in the video.
2: Yeah. Okay. But, that okay, a few drops compared to 11 minutes of Odell being wide <laughs> open the ball and not getting to him.
1: Like, hey, let's be honest. Hey, MJD, here's the stat that, that I dug up. Baker has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns when targeting Odell during their tenure together. They have the lowest touchdown percentage, just 3% of any quarterback wide receiver, wide receiver duo since 2019 with a minimum of 200 targets. Why, why on earth – and I know, you, I know you're not a, a fan of Baker – But Baker's a middle-of-the-road NFL quarterback. Why can't he find a way to get it to his
2: best wide receiver? I just don't understand that. So this is the thing. First of all, there's two things you have to deal with this, right? One, you have the – Baker Mayfield is really not that good. That's the first thing right? Odell's I, I saw the I saw only two minutes of the video and the first play was against the Vikings where he is what we call wide open. We call him butt naked in the neighborhood where there's no one around him and you throw the ball instead of you instead of lobbing it to him and just giving him a chance to go run underneath it. You fire it a back shoulder what like and then you have so you have that and then you have the frustration from the receiver, right? So all those come into play. So now Odell's probably like Baker like I'm open throw me the ball So now he's forcing them the ball when he's not open. You see what I'm saying? When you miss the open throws, you start to force it when you're not open. Right? And then that's where you get the interceptions. That's where you – and let's not forget, Odell Beckham tore his ACL because of an interception that Baker threw to Odell, and he tried to go make a tackle on the play. So it's just not a good – it's just not a good connection there. And I don't know if – I know the Browns aren't going to get rid of Odell. I know they're probably going to keep Baker but they got to find a way to get back on track and get on target. Now, he throws the ball well to Jarvis Landry, who's running with the number two corner and, and no double coverage. That's easy to throw. Those tight ends, they're not getting double covered, right? And so it, it, this, is where, this is why I say, and, I, and, I, and I'm telling you this because this is why I say Baker's not that good. How does an Eli Manning get Odell Beckham during the ball? When, that's who you know he was throwing it to. And he was getting on the ball.
1: He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. I don't man. care
2: about all that. Not when he was throwing the ball to Obell- Odell, he wasn't.
1: That was after the Super Bowls. You're correct. I don't know. It's a good question. I, is it more? Here's, here's my question.
2: The other part, Dan, is scheme, too. Remember, they're running a run-first scheme.
1: So that's what I was going to ask you. Is it more on Stefanski or is it more on Baker.
2: I think it's on both. I think it's Stefanski. You have to draw plays up to make sure Odell's the number one read and he's getting opportunities, right? But then also, it's on Baker to be able to make sure he's, like when he's scrambling or when he's doing all these things and try to make plays. Or First of all, Baker shouldn't be scrambling. He should just be getting the ball out quickly. And that's my issue with the Oklahoma quarterbacks, right? They come out and they do well, but they're all improvisers. None of them can throw from the pocket consistently. Jalen Hurts hasn't been able to do it. Uh, Baker hasn't been able to do it, and Kyler hasn't been able to do it in his tenure in the league. Right? They can't throw from the pocket consistently. They have to improvise and make plays. Improvising in the National Football League will not win you a championship. It It will never do that. In order to win a championship, you have to be able to throw from the pocket and win from the pocket. If they can't do it consistently, it's an issue. Look at all the Oklahoma quarterbacks. They may make some great highlights. They may have a great stretch, but they can't consistently throw from the pocket. It's been a problem. And so Baker gets in the pocket, and this is Kyler too, and Jalen Hurts as of now to right now. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. If you watch their tape, if it gets a little muddy or a little cloudy, they won't sit in the pocket. They'll take off and scramble, and they'll try to improvise. Every last one of them. So what do I do as a defense? All I'm going to do is just sit back and play the seams and force them to throw to the flats and make it a little muddy, a little cloudy so they can scramble, and we can get on our scramble drills, and, hey, we go from there. That, that's literally how simple it is.
1: Let me ask you a question, though. Patrick Mahomes improvises. Aaron Rodgers
2: improvises. Aaron Rodgers wins from the pocket consistently.
1: He can, but he, he, he hasn't always, and he's done it more now with LaFleur than he did prior to LaFleur. Right. Patrick Mahomes does not and has not. He did, he and he, did,
2: his, first, he did his first year, and as of, then the second year he was getting away with all those plays. Now look what he's doing when he's improvising. Look what happens when he improvises. Look on Monday night. The first, in the end zone, he improvises, throws a pick. You can't improvise. Your game can't be that way. It doesn't work. Like, and people are going to say, Maurice, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't play quarterback. No, I just sat in the quarterback room for my whole career listening to how the quarterbacks are taught. Not only that, I played with quarterbacks throughout, and I watched film, and I break down what people do. In order to win, Tom, you know why Tom Brady has been arguably the greatest quarterback the game has ever seen.
1: Well, cause he's remained healthy for the most part and he's been able to perform from the pocket. Hasn't, I mean, the dude
2: hasn't that. gotten hurt. He, he doesn't get hurt. Cause he sits in the pocket. He doesn't, he doesn't take chances and he doesn't improvise. He's improvised more in Tampa than he's ever done in his whole life.
1: Let me, let me ask you this. This brings up a really interesting point because I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying because I think you can win improvising to a point. You might even be able to win a Super Bowl like Patrick Mahomes did to a point, but it's always safer, especially in the way that football has evolved to stay in the pocket. Do you think we're going to see kind of everything, I don't want to say full circle, but maybe coming back to the pocket passer of like a, what Mac Jones is, what's your guy Carson Strong is at Nevada, a potential first-round draft pick this look at, year?
2: Look at, look at Lamar Jackson. Look yep. at Lamar Jackson. What well, has he been this year?
1: He's been much more of a pocket passer, running a lot less.
2: You can run. You can run. You can still have the ability to scramble and improvise, but you have to win from the pocket. You have to be able to make 80, 80% of your plays have to come from the pocket. That's the number. So that other 20, you can scramble and do certain things. But once you go past that, if you look at Patrick Mahomes this year, right? That first year, he was winning from the pocket about 80% of the time. If you look at what he's done this year, it's not like that. He's like a 50-50 guy. He's always looking to throw it deep. He's always scrambling out of the pocket. He's not winning from the pocket. And that's been a big issue with him, right? The league is able to adjust. Now we know, okay, hey, when he starts to scramble to his right, we just want to play the deep. He's never going to take the short route. We're just going to play deep, make him throw in a double cover. That's all the Giants did, right? They let dudes leave wide open in the flat. Cover Kelsey, take over the top. It's, it's, you simplify it for the defense, but when you play in the pocket and you can, make, you can make great throws consistently, it's hard for a defense to stop guys doing that.
1: I just over- wonder if a guy like Kyler, who's five nine. I don't know that he can he operate in the pocket 80% he's of the time
2: it more this year than he's ever done it.
1: Yeah. He's running less now. That's a good point.
2: Right. But again, that's why do you think they were seven and zero? Oh? he wasn't, he hasn't been running. Now when he played the, the Packers, he was running all over the place and guess what? They didn't win.
1: No, first I mean,
2: of you got to win from the pocket, man. You have to, you talked about my guy Carson strong. Also my kid, Jake Hainer at Fresno state. You can win from the pocket, but then when I see Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, and no disrespect to him, he's running all around trying to do all these your boy Not, Zach Wilson for the Jets, all that stuff he was doing at BYU where he was running, throwing across his body. You can't do that in the National Football League. Well look at it, Matthew it, Stafford. Look at Matthew Stafford. Have you have you seen him improvise yet?
1: Um no, because he's well, first of all, he doesn't have the ability, I don't believe, to do that. <laughs> Athletically,
2: he, he can roll out. He can roll out and throw the ball. He can do all those things. He scrambled a little bit, but he throws from the pocket. And that's how you win in the National Football League. Look at all the top teams and look at their quarterbacks and look what their quarterbacks have done to this point. And then you tell me what's up.
1: Yeah, well, even, you know, to your point, Spencer Atler, that, that hasn't even worked well for him at Oklahoma this season. You know, Caleb Williams comes in. Um, I love the quarterback chat. We just have so much to get to. And this next story, MJD, just it – It breaks my heart for everybody involved. We had Henry Ruggs on the helipod last year. Um, He was released by the Raiders after a deadly car crash. He's facing felony charges for a DUI resulting in death. Uh, He was driving a Corvette about 340 in the morning on a Tuesday. It slammed into the back of a Toyota RAV4. The woman who was driving the car was killed. And Ruggs is now facing up to 20 years in prison. And, and details about this accident are, are coming out this morning. Uh, Ruggs was apparently at Top Golf, and that's a popular hangout in Vegas for players. He was with his girlfriend, um, but he drank a lot, and his, his blood alcohol content was more than two times the legal limit 0. 0.161. He was driving his Corvette at 156 miles per hour. He slowed down to 127 at impact, and according to the uh, police reports, Ruggs' car and the Toyota rolled over 500 feet after initial impact. The, the other car just exploded into flames, and, and that was it. So I, I, don't, I, I don't really want to get into a discussion about this. It was a terrible decision by Ruggs um and resulted in.
2: i don't want want it to be a discussion but i I, this is um after hearing about that yesterday i sat down and talked with my son i think we should have this conversation on like when i played there wasn't many avenues to not do this right
1: because there wasn't uber
2: There wasn't uber there wasn't lyft the nfl was just implementing a thing where you could call the team they gave you like this card you could call a car company and they'd come get you and they'd bill you later type of thing right but that was just like in my third year, they were doing that. And, and, the, and there have been some issues, obviously, with athletes or just people in general just getting in the cars after drinking. Um, it's a horrible thing to do. And, and I think everyone that listens and everyone that's in this life, have, we've made some questionable decisions. Um, but it does suck that this happens. But multiple lives have been ruined at this point, right? And, and, and I think sometimes we have to sit back and ask ourselves, when's enough enough, right? When is it enough to say, look, all right, I've been drinking a little bit. Maybe I had two or three mo- too many drinks or maybe I'm just trashed. I should just get in an Uber and leave my car. No matter how much that car costs, I should just leave it and come back and get it in the morning. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I think we've all been faced with that decision. And I think the, uh, the Uber situation has just made it so much easier, you know, to, to, to make that um, decision. And you just, you just wonder, you know, I'm sure he was there with, with friends and maybe teammates. I, I don't know, but you just wish somebody would have would have intervened in 157 miles an hour. That, that's that's just wild, man. Um, the, uh, the Von Miller to Rams trade, making some news earlier in the week. Uh, Von Miller coming back from an ankle injury, traded to the Rams for a second and third round draft pick. He was in the final year of his deal, or he is in the final year of his deal. The Broncos are actually going to pay Nine of the 9.7 million left on the deal to get it done because the Rams didn't have the room. I will say this: I love. I mean, after making this trade, Sean McVay's balls must be dragging on the ground, unless Snead, because they just, just, they just make these big nut trades all the time, man. It's unbelievable.
2: They are in win now mode every forever. single season. I love it. Forever, and they, and this is what I just heard too—that they think that they can get a long-term deal done or another deal done with Vaughn to keep him in LA. This is just not a one-year wonder type of deal, right? So, bless you. All right, it's a little dusty in here. Anyways, um, this is the thing—that trade to Kenny Young. That was just a piece of this whole. Von Miller thing.
1: Right? Oh, you think they've been working on this for a minute? Well,
2: I remember Sean McVay when he came out. He said, "Look, it was just a salary. We had to we had to get his salary off the books, right, in order to make this to you know, to, to do some moves to like do some stuff."
1: But he also said they weren't anticipating any big moves before the deadline.
2: Yeah,
1: But never say it. never.
2: Yeah, yeah. listen, every, Dan, everyone that's that's the number one thing to tell your antennas to go. Well, yeah, we don't plan on doing anything. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you do. But this is the other thing, like. Now, all of a sudden, you have four guys that can rush the quarterback. You have Terrell Lewis. You have Obo Okoronkwo. You have Leonard Floyd. And now, Von Miller on the outside to match with Aaron Donald in the middle. And so, to me, you know, I can't wait to see how this is going to mix and it's going to work because we know these super teams don't always win everything. But the Rams are putting a team together that when you go on and you step on the field, like, Oh, you better be on your point because you're there's gonna be someone's gonna get singled up. One of the three Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, or Aaron Donner will be singled up. And that means a quarterback is gonna have to like get the ball out quick.
1: Von Miller is 32 years old, I believe. And, and I, Daniel Jeremiah, yeah, I, you could sign him to another deal and get two, three more really good years out of him. And, you know, Daniel Jeremiah said this earlier. I, I can't remember on what platform it might have been his move the sticks pod, or it might have been, uh, on NFL Network, but you don't need Von Miller to play well every game. You, you just need him to play well for a couple of games and in the postseason, right? Like, that's how good this, this defense it's, it's
2: is. Not even, it's not even about him playing well. You just need his, him on the field. You just need his presence, right? His presence is going to force you to either slide one way or slide the other. And this is the other thing. I don't care. And when you say play well, we just need you to affect the quarterback. Right? You have to have an impact. Von Miller can beat one-on-one pass rush. Right, he, he, he can beat one-on-one pass rush, period. Leonard Floyd can beat one-on-one pass rush. Aaron Donald can beat one-on-one pass rush. When they were playing the Detroit Lions, the one time Detroit decided to single Aaron up, he won, hit golf, golf through a pick. That's all it takes is one time. And so you're in this situation. You're saying, look, we, gotta go to, we possibly got to go to Green Bay. We possibly got to play Arizona. We possibly got to play the, the Bucks again. We got to find a way to have somebody that, that can help us in this situation. And I have friends who are like, oh, my God, draft picks. Like, they're going to – this is not sustainable. Bruh, how many teams do you know ruin draft picks? Right? First-rounders don't even pan out. Don't even play. Why, why even mess with that if you can go get a top commodity? Does that make sense? Unless you're uh- a tremendous drafter, which we haven't – I haven't seen one team – be a tremendous. The Seattle Seahawks had one great draft. It changed their their, their trajectory of their organization.
1: Here's how you have to look at it, and everybody always focuses on the quarterbacks, rightly so. But the first round quarterback hit rate is is generally less than fifty percent, right? Twenty like percent. So you you hope. I think it's higher than twenty percent, but you hope. MJD, and tell me if I'm wrong. But a second and third round draft pick, you're draft, drafting those guys with the hope that they're going to be starters, right? Yeah. So a second and a third rounder. Uh, You give away one second, one third. Let's just say it's 50-50 at best, right? So you're giving away one guy who's going to be a starter for a potential impact in the next four years of of a future Hall of Famer. This is
2: how they think, Dan. When they traded for Jalen Ramsey, they said, will Jalen Ramsey be in this draft? Will there be a player like Jalen Ramsey in this draft in the next two years? No. Okay, we'll take Jalen Ramsey. Matthew Stafford. Well, there'll be a quarterback coming out in the draft in the next three years. No. Okay, we'll take Matthew Stafford. Well, there'll be a DN to rush the quarterback like Bob Miller, and that'll be available in the second or third round in next year's draft. What do, what do you think the answer is? Uh, no. Okay, so why even deal with that when I can get that caliber of player now? Right? All they're doing, and, and this is like the, the betting world, they're just hedging their bets. Instead right. of going out and saying, Okay, I'm gonna roll the dice, just give me my money. It's like when you hit you play blackjack and you hit and they, the dealer's showing, you have blackjack, the dealer's showing the ace, you're like, even money, or go they're like, just give me the even money. I'll take the even money. I don't even need the extra stuff. Just give me, you know, give me my money back, right? That's all they're doing. And right. and if, if I can get even money every time, I'll be a I'll be a rich man.
1: So Deshaun Jackson no longer with the Rams, what was wrong? with Deshaun we saw him have that one kind of breakout game what was the deal why why couldn't Sean McVay figure
2: out a way to use Deshaun I don't think there was anything wrong with Deshaun or Deshaun trying to find a way to, to utilize him I just thought that he couldn't crack the top three that's but, hard but
1: that's okay I just don't understand why if you're the fourth receiver and you're Deshaun who's a take the top off a defense guy how you if you're the fourth receiver you're only playing three plays a game or whatever he we was
2: playing remember yeah I mean each game, <clears throat> Sean McVay loves Tyler Higbee. He loves his three guys. Now, I think Deshaun thought he was going to be able to come in and break the top three and be that third guy. He was going to outplay Van Jefferson, but he couldn't. And that, and that's not saying he did or he didn't. It just didn't fit that situation. Now, you would want him to not like ask for a trade and then try to trade him or wave and all that stuff. But... The Rams are deep at wide receiver. I mean, they have, they have
1: three. No, they have three really good ones. I'm just surprised even that there two weren't two more.
2: Well, even with Tutu Atwell going out for the season and even with Van Jefferson going down, they bought in this Ben Skronic kid out of Notre Dame who came in and caught a couple passes too. Right. Like, they got dudes. You see what I'm saying?
1: Like, but Ben Skronic is a dude? Like, you're
2: taking Ben Skronic over Deshaun Jackson? I'm not, but I'm saying he could step in and, and, and be that third guy. So this is what you got to think. Ben Skoranek goes against a third NFL corner, right? Do you like that matchup? I don't know. I don't know much about Ben Skoranek. Okay. Ben. Okay. The thing. So what I'm saying is they have enough guys to kind of maintain what's going on. Even if a guy goes down, what Deshaun wanted to do, he wanted to come in and play and it just didn't work out that way. He didn't perform <laughs> Van Jefferson and in the, in the, at least to the Rams knowledge or to the Rams liking in training camp. So- Under-
1: no, I understand all that. I guess my, my question is this Was it just simply that Deshaun wasn't getting as much run as he wanted and he asked for much. his release?
2: Yeah. 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 He wanted, he wants to play more. And I get that too. You're 34 years old. I understand. Still run. You want to play more. I get it. Yeah. Just the Rams weren't going to be that one.
1: So, okay. So the Rams make a lot of moves. The Dolphins don't make any moves. They don't trade for Deshaun Watson for obvious reasons. Uh, he was not going to settle those 22. We talked um, about that last week. Yeah, we talked about that last week. So that that didn't happen. He's just kind of hanging there in limbo. And um, that kind of concludes our, our trade discussion. I want to take a, uh, a quick break before we come back with our Tennessee Titans discussion. What do they become? First, let me tell you about Vaco. Are you ready for an all-new career adventure? Vaco is how organizations get the kind of talent solutions they really need. Whether it's bringing in a team to solve specific business issues or finding their next team member, only Vaco brings a head start, a new perspective, and a real commitment. And now they're looking to you to join their team. If you are either an experienced accounting and finance pro or a skilled techie in search of a new career opportunity, Vaco wants to hear from you. With a national and global presence and a culture built on freedom and autonomy, it's no surprise that vaco has been named one of Inc. magazine's fastest growing private companies for the past 15 years in a row what are you waiting for professional adventure awaits apply today at vaco.com helipod greens plus a leader since 1989 known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar greens plus bars and powders taste great and they're the most effective way to improve your immunity detox your body boost your energy and get the nutritional insurance that your body needs from organic gluten-free premium green superfoods you can get them at whole foods amazon or if you want to save 20 percent off with the promo code helly just go to greensplus.com try the wild berry superfood powder or the vanilla protein powder both pretty pretty good
2: And with that, we are back. Hold on. Before we got breaking news. Oh, tell me. Breaking news right now. Call me Maurice Jones Schefter, Maurice Jones Rappaport, Maurice Jones Garofolo. Oh, wow. You feel like calling me or Maurice Jones Pelicero. however you feel it. But source, <laughs> in a team meeting this morning, Kevin Stefanski told the team, Odo Beckham Jr. isn't part of the team at this time. Wow. First reported by Mike Silver. Mike Silver broke it. Our guy. How about that? Wow. So, All right. So so hold on. Let's let's break it down. So the no. dad got him up out. So he's gonna get out of Cleveland, but he's too late. Why not trade him? Why? Like, what do you? What is going on?
1: Very 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 short-sighted. They were talking to the Saints about a deal, and I'm sure the Saints needed them to pick up some of the salary. If if MJD, of course, right? It's hindsight's 2020 right now, but let's just look at the same type of deal. Do you think the Saints would have given up
2: a second and a third for Odell? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't listen, this is the thing. This is where this is where team building, this is where this is okay. This is why people who have been in the locker room. Okay, hold on. Let me start over. Okay. When you're when you're a GM. And you've never been inside an NFL locker room as a player. Okay. When you're a GM and you've never stepped on the field as a player, this is where these issues, this is where things like this happen. You have to understand once you kick Odell Beckham Jr. Off the team, he cannot come back in that locker room ever. There is no, there, there, there is no, you have to get him out. So you have to take what you can get because what happens is if he does come back in that locker room, you're going to, the locker room is going to be split. Some guys are going to want them. Some guys aren't going to want them. Wow. Is that, is that, does that is that, does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent makes and sense. The Most important thing to an NFL team is the locker room culture is the camaraderie and the chemistry in that, in that small room of 60 dudes or how many ever dudes are in there. Okay. So you kick him off the team. He's going to come back. If he does come back upset, Right. I went through this in Jacksonville. I saw it happen. I remember vividly we had guys that needed to be paid. They didn't want to pay them. They paid guys outside the building to come in. Those guys didn't perform like they were supposed to. We needed to count on the guys that they didn't pay in the locker room like this. And so, if you do this, you should have just took whatever you could get and get them out of there. So. Period.
1: He doesn't show up for practice today. Stefanski hasn't talked to him in 24 hours. They're talking with Odell's reps about what they're going to do and how they're going to handle it. Yeah, his, his time, his time there is done. So now you're going to cut him, and there's no more guaranteed money left on his deal. Right. And he's going to go somewhere else and make an impact where you could have traded him uh, on Tuesday and gotten something back. Wow. What a colossal disaster for Cleveland. Cleveland now 4-4. I and mean, this was a team that we were looking at as potentially, especially before the season started, one of the best in the AFC. Yeah, yeah
2: they're they don't work spiral. More talented, like this. This is just—it's—it's just, it's just gotten. It's—it. This football is not hard, Dan. It's really not. I promise you. Like, find a quarterback that can throw a good ball, put some weapons around him, get some guys that can rush the passer. You're good to go. You like, make it, it, you make it, it, it sound so easy, it bro. Is, it is. It's really that easy. It's really that easy. I'm telling you. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Since we're on the podcast, this is at Helipod with MJD. I coach a 13U football team, okay? And, I, and I've coached in this league before, and I only coached 10-year-olds. I never coached the highest level. But, you know, I, I've coached, and I've coached my son. And, you know, so I know what it takes to win a championship at this level. So in the middle of our season, we had two quarterbacks. One has played football since he's been like eight years old then we had one who just started playing. He's 13. He's his first year playing. Well, we're like rolling. We got two quarterback system. Guys are rolling every series. Guys are playing well. And, oh, no, excuse me. In training camp, this quarterback that had played hurt his shoulder, right? Okay. So I had never seen him throw before anything by the time I come on the coach. So, like, I'm working with him. We're talking. And, you know, I'm trying to get them to understand kind of the concept. Like, I'm like, look, as a, I'm not a quarterback coach. I can't tell you how to throw the ball. I can tell you the reads of where the progressions go and how your eyes should look. And then we should, you know, kind of go from there. So the kid that'd been playing, he picked it up like this. Boom. Right. So I'm like, oh, we we we're for sure gonna win a ship. We got two quarterbacks, we got a tight end, we got three wideouts, we got four runners, we got an offensive line, and we got on defense, we got a defensive line, three backers, and four and four DBs. I was like, bro, we can win it, we can win it all, right? In the middle, in the middle of the season, the quarterback who's been playing for a while, dad gets transferred to Ohio.
1: uh Oh,
2: so he ups and leaves. Now, this is what teams don't do. When you have a second quarterback, they don't ever develop the second quarterback. Right. They don't ever right. think, hey, let's fix this, these issues. But no, 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 not me, Dan, because I've been there before. This has happened to me before and throughout my career. So we've been developing number two this whole time, right? And number two, and he's really, he actually, he played a whole, the, the first two, the first game, he played the whole game. The second game, they were going back and forth. But he's been developing this whole time. So now we're in the playoffs, and guess what? The guy that's never played football before can make all the throws. He can do everything. I don't need him to be Superman, though, because we have all these weapons around. That's where I'm going to get back to Baker Mayfield. I don't need him to be Superman. I just need you to uh get the ball to the open guy. That's it. <laughs> just, just do what we ask you to do, and we'll win a ship. Right? That's all you have to do. But sometimes in the National Football League, we want the quarterback to be Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was that because they couldn't run the ball. He was that because they needed him to be that. Well, and, and- he could be that. But now he's, he's being that, and it's not working. So you got to bring him back. With Baker Mayfield, we had all these weapons around you. All you had to do was just get the guy the ball. Is it that yeah. hard? Is it, is it really that hard? You have two tackles, three running backs, three tight ends, two receivers, three, four receivers? Is well,
1: it if, really it, if, it, if, if it were easy, there'd be more than, like, 15 people on the planet that could do it on a consistent basis, right?
2: I mean, I, I, or maybe they're just being coached by the wrong people. (laughs) I don't know. Hey, that's all all I'm saying. Like that, that there literally Cleveland was going like this and now they're about to go like this.
1: Yeah. Upward trajectory. And now in in a free fall, I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Hey, speaking of teams that were on an upward trajectory and now could be uh, losing some steam, the Titans going to be without Derrick Henry for the rest of the regular season, at least, he broke the fifth metatarsal, which is on the outside of the foot near the pinky toe uh, with what's called a Jones fracture.
2: You know what they do with that? Tell me. They put a screw in there, and then you have to – all they do is put a screw so your bone can heal pretty much. Did you have this? No, I had a Liz Frank. I had the devil.
1: Oh, uh, Liz Frank's a, the Liz worst. Liz Frank
2: is the one that you. – I've never seen anyone – well, let me stop. Travis Etienne had it. He'll probably He'll probably be able to bounce back from it. The
1: Jaguar curse, Travis Etienne, has the same injury you had?
2: Yeah, exact same one. It's not the Jaguar curse, because that's happened to a lot of people. A lot of people have had it. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to bounce back from, for sure.
1: Well, for Derek, Derek Henry, um, it, it, well, there's, there's a lot of layers here, right? He could return for the playoffs, but it, it's tricky with this bone because it's notorious for having slow healing or refracturing because yeah, of the blood supply to it. the bone as opposed to other fractures. Um, so the time frame they're saying is eight weeks ish, maybe up to 10, but who knows, right? Who knows how it's going to heal. So the Titans, they already have Darrington Evans on IR. Um, he was uh, a relatively high draft pick last year, was hurt most of me. last year, got hurt yep. this year. He's out for the season. So they signed Adrian Peterson. They signed Deontay Foreman. Who was with them for a while last year. And then they have Jeremy McNichols. Here's the thing, MJD. Henry averaged almost 30 touches per game. So are you going to kind of divvy those up uh, yes. among these three guys, whoever's so, hot, or do you have to become no, a throw no. first team?
2: No, 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 no. So this is what's going to happen. One, they're going to, they are going to become a throw first team for sure. They're going to throw the ball, but they're still going to run it. You're, you're, you're put Adrian Peters on practice squad just to see how he is. Shape wise, what is his cutting ability, how he needs to adjust to the game before you can play him in, uh, put him in the game and play. But you're going to still run the ball 30 to 35 times. It's going to be just different runs. Jeremy McNichols may get outside zone uh, runs that he's favored with. Adrian Peterson get more of the downhill runs. Um, and then you'll get Foreman to probably get some downhill runs as well. And then you'll use the play action pass. But they, in order for the Titans to win, and we know this, Dan, they can't be a drop back throwing team. That's not what that's not what Ryan Tannehill is. That's not who he is as a quarterback. He's a play action pass, whip his head around, you know, throws the inside breaking routes really well. Um, and they're gonna lean on AJ Brown, and, and so AJ Brown's gonna have to be that guy. Um, now there's the thing with the Jones fracture, and you said it best. It can re break, and that's where you get a little tricky. You know what I mean? And so, and especially because it's, it's, un, it's like on the bottom of your foot, that's why you don't get a lot of blood flow. Cause you're always walking on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. people will say like, they call it a wear and tear injury, but it's not wear and tear because of, uh, like what you do in practice. It's wear and tear all the running he's done his whole life. Right. Think of all the yards Derrick Henry's amassed throughout his career. He rests for 2000 yards in high school, 2000 yards in college. He's done it twice right here in the national or once in the national football league, but probably was on his way to doing it again. So it's all the, the running that he's done on top of the training he's been doing in the off season, all the stuff that he's done. That's kind of that, that, that those things happen. And so um, the key is he just has to stay off his foot for how, however long, right? He has to stay off his foot and you have to allow it to heal. They'll put this. Um, I'm going to go into a little detail, what they'll do. There's like these little bone things that help your bones heal. And make them stronger i forget what they're called but when you have like an injury like that they put it on you right it like a like a screw no they put a screw in your foot first the surgery they put a screw in your foot right but what they do um try to think what it is it's like, dr mjd it's a machine but it like wraps it's like a, a machine that like part of it like clamps on your foot like this right and then it just like buzzes pretty much and all it does is try to create blood flow it just creates a ton of blood flow to help the bone heal, um, and so there's a a lot of. I mean, I, this was back in 2011 when I did mine or 12. I'm sure there's other things out there that they can do to use to try to help speed up or heal, uh, speed up the healing process. But again, you know, now it's time to see if Frable Frable about to be the coach of the year. He got to be the coach of the year if you make the playoffs. You got a three game lead on the AFC South. Can you make a run at this thing and keep going?
1: So. It's interesting. You hit the nail on the head. You know, Tannehill, when he has a functioning play-action attack, he's, he's the number one-rated quarterback in terms of QBR in the NFL since he started playing for the Titans. When he's not using play-action, he's right in the middle of the pack. He's 16th, right? So I think the bright spot for the Titans here is that after they come here to L.A. to take on the Rams, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Listen to this, MJD. It's crazy. They have the Saints, who could be playing with their third-string quarterback. Then it's Houston, New England, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, Houston. So four of their final eight games are against the worst teams in the NFL. If they just win those four games against the shittiest teams in the league, they're going to finish 10-7. and They're going to win their division. And they're going to potentially be in line to get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. But let me ask you this. When it's a foot injury, when you haven't been able to really train, right? Like, sure, he can go in there and work his upper body.
2: Is, could, could he be effective at all? Yeah. So this is the thing. You got to remember, the bone, it'll heal probably like two or three weeks before he comes back. Right? And then he has to start running again. Right? So they'll right. put him on this thing called the Alter-G or they'll put him in underwater treadmill. You'll start running again. Right? And then that's kind of where you can tell, that's where the process either slows down or it keeps going once you start walking and running on it. Um, that's where the rebreaks happen. That's where all those things, you know what I mean? like That's when, when you start cutting, all those things. That's when you're putting that, that pressure on there. So that may take a week or two. And then once you start really going out there and putting your foot in the ground and putting force in your foot, that's when you, you know eventually. It's kind of like when uh, Adrian Peterson, tore his ACL. Remember when he came back, he played us he made one cut and I saw in his eyes, once he made that cut, I was like, Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> right. Cause I could see it in his eyes. Like, Oh, he's like, Oh, I'm good. Right? right. And so that's the one thing you have to get over from these injuries is once you put that force in the ground and your foot holds up, then you're like, okay, I can go now. I can play. And then that's kind of what you're hoping to get. But yeah, Derek Henry, I mean, he'll probably won't be walking for like three, two, three weeks, four weeks, and then they'll probably get him back running slowly jogging, and then i will pick him back up, and then we'll see if he can go.
1: Well, I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what uh, Mike Vrabel and Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, what they have in store here. And you're right. If if they can kind of keep this train on the tracks and just do what they're supposed to do, right? Like at this point, if you're the Titans, as I mentioned, you just have to win the games you're supposed to win, and you get into the postseason – And everybody wondered what they could be without Derrick Henry. Well, we're going to find out what they can be without Derrick Henry. And if they can find a way to get Julio Jones healthy and on the field on a regular basis, they could be okay. Especially in this division, they could be okay. Well,
2: that's why you went and got Julio just in case something like this happens. So you have two guys out there.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, All right. We're not going to pick all six games because we've already gone long with this pod, but I I do want to give our listeners a couple of best bets, a couple of picks, a couple of games that you look at that you really like. Last week was... Thursday um, night.
2: I love Thursday night. Colts. Okay. Well,
1: hold your horses, MJD. I know you get excited. I'm trying to talk about how bad I was last week. I was 2-4. and four. You were only 3-3. Three and three. The Saints over the Bucks, Steelers over the Browns, and Green Bay beating Arizona killed us. The only difference was you were smart enough to take Denver over Washington. I went with the burgundy and gold. I was going with my heart. I'm not going to do that again. So our season totals... MJD, 29 and 22. I'm 27 and 24 on our picks. All right, give me your, give me your two best bets.
2: Okay, I got to go. Let me look at the ones.
1: All right, you, while you're looking, I'm going to give you one that I love, okay? And I think this is pretty easy. Browns at the Bengals. Uh, this is in Cincinnati. Bengals are only favored by two and a half. Listen, Cleveland seemingly on the brink of implosion. Uh, Cincinnati coming off that loss to the Mike White led jets team right after we were all talking about him as not only a legit playoff contender but a real contender still are i think uh, no i totally agree because listen the the jets beat the titans the jets have won a couple of games now over two playoff teams the browns are just out of sync and it's not just odell it's a lot of things i'm I'm picking cincinnati to win at home and more than cover 24-17 in a relatively low-scoring game in that one. So that's my first one. MJD, okay. what's your first
2: my, one? My first one's going to be the Rams. Rams is, uh, over the Titans in L.A. I think it's just going to be a lot. Uh, the addition of Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey will probably cover A.J. Brown. Um, and it just – the you know, not having Derrick Henry <laughs> is an issue. Um, and then I'll just – and then this is two. The Titans' defense is playing better, but – and, and and let me say this the rams struggle with bigger defensive line like the titans do but who's covering these dudes out of the backfield like i don't i don't know who's covering these guys right now you're going to have to put those those undrafted guys out on the field it's going to be an issue
1: all right so you like the rams over the titans um my second one here i went back and forth about this for a while i i think so this is an interesting one i i, I was going to go with falcons over the saints but um I'm, I'm hedging my bet on that. I'm, Packers at Kansas City. This was a pick em game, okay? When Aaron Rodgers, before, pre-COVID, it was a pick em game. Kansas City, now an eight-point favorite. So I think only Patrick Mahomes would have that type of impact, an eight-point swing in the line with no Aaron Rodgers. To me, this seems like a get-right game, okay, for Kansas City now. Um, that's one of the bigger lines of the week. Um, they're four and four. I, I still have faith that they are going to write the ship. They are just too talented offensively. I'm not writing them off. Packers flying high after they've won seven in a row now. They, they took down previously undefeated Arizona. I, I think Kansas City wins this one big. And I think it gives everybody who's a Green Bay Packers fan all over the world – um, a little hesitation about Jordan Love as your future franchise quarterback because he's going to probably throw a couple of picks. So I'm going KC to cover that eight point spread.
2: Oh, so are we going this? The one are we going the easy ones? Or are we going like?
1: Nah, your best bet. You can, like if you I mean, want to like challenge Dolphins, yourself.
2: Dolphins over the Texans.
1: Oh, the two just two crummy teams.
2: I mean, the Dolphins should destroy them. Texans are I- out there trading everybody away. Yeah, you know they had everyone on the thing. But if I'm going here, let me give you. I'll give you a good one. Let's okay.
1: see.
2: I have the Chargers over the Eagles in Philly. Okay. Bounce back game. I think it's a bounce back game for the Chargers. I felt like you coming off the bye week, Patriots coming to town. you kind of like, ah, oh, we could get – and I just think it's after seeing Philly destroy Detroit, it was kind of like Philly may be riding a little high. I like Herbert and company to go to Philly and win one.
1: I like that. I like that. We were a little, little discombobulated. Probably my fault on the picks. We just had so much news. We've gone a little long. Um, all right. So let me. So I have this right. You've picked the Rams over the Titans, and then your other pick is uh, Chargers over Philly. Okay. And you got my two. I'm going. Uh,
2: Real quick before we go, before yeah. we get off, let's do this. Yeah. Who do you think Odell Beckham should go to?
1: I I just I thought I thought the Saints made so much sense. It just I don't get it. I don't get why that deal wasn't done. Um, I still think he could end up there. I got two, but go ahead. And
2: um, he's not going to New Orleans. Okay, why is he not going to New Orleans? They don't have a quarterback. He just you're just leaving a place without a quarterback. That you want me to go and choose a place without a quarterback? Okay,
1: Green Bay's the other one. We talked about that before. Is that is that one of yours? Nope. Okay, give me your two.
2: I, I would say the two, I'd say the Raiders is a great one. Oh wow. The Raiders could be a really good one with everything that's going on right now.
1: Oh wow. That's a great one.
2: That's you know what? That's what I'm here for, Dan. That's why it's called the Helipot with MJD to give you <laughs> get you to think a little bit, you know, and not just sit on that chair of yours and look around and look at NFL network in the back. Or the Niners.
1: I thought about the Niners. Do you want to do that with the uncertain situation at, at quarterback and they've gotten off to a rough start? I mean, they're not yeah, well, looking like a playoff win, team. If you're trying to win, you're not going
2: to go to the Niners. But you right. got to remember, he, he's always wanted for – I don't know, like, there's it's been something with him wanting to go play with Kyle. Remember, like, he wanted to go from the Giants to the Niners.
1: I do remember that, and I don't blame him for that. I would, too, want to play for Kyle.
2: And then the Giants sent him to Cleveland. Um, what? A, well, I was I was gonna say what about Seattle, but um, I think the Raiders are a great. If you cut him and he could sign with the Raiders and Derek Carr,
1: yeah, that's that's pretty darn strong. I'm trying to think about other contenders here who could use somebody gotta like Adele. They gotta have
2: the cap though. They gotta have. The yeah. That's well, that's the issue. If.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good
2: point. He's going to want – he's not going to want – you're not going to sign him to know, like – he may sign him to a nice deal, but he's going to have suitors. Well, no, here's the deal.
1: I I have to look at how this works exactly, but if he's waived and he clears waivers, can't you just pay him the minimum? Because the Browns are already on the hook for for his deal, and he's in the final year. He's not in the final year. He has two years left, but he has no more guaranteed money left.
2: Yeah, but if he clears waivers – then the Browns would have to – I think you'd have to – I think it's supplements, right? It's not double dipping. Or he may double dip. I don't know.
1: How about this one? How about this one? How about if he signs with the Cowboys? Too many
2: people there. Too many.
1: <laughs> not enough room?
2: It's Not enough room. I'm not going there. I, I, can't, I can't be the man. I keep telling you, the Raiders are the fit. They're 5-2. and two. They have us – obviously, you know, we had that – talked about the story. You have – the receiver room's not that strong.
1: What about Baltimore?
2: Come on, man. He ain't going to Baltimore. <laughs> if, if 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 Cincinnati didn't have all those receivers, I guess he's Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, but you can't you can't go there. You can't go there. He he oh, needs too many people. Yeah, no, you're right. And that you would have a, a similar situation. Um, well, this was fun, dude. We haven't had this much breaking news in a while.
2: Craziness, breaking news on the pod.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, all right, bro. Well, only two picks. So that's only two picks for you to get wrong this week. So rest easy. And I'll uh, I'll be there supporting the Titans with uh, some Titans fans in the, uh, in the suite. After a long week, I'm flying to uh, New York doing a UFC weigh-in show for UFC 268. Some just huge fights coming up. I'm doing that Friday. And then how about this, MJD? I bet you've never done this before. And then I'm flying back to L.A. To call not one, but two college football games on FS1 in one day—Maryland, Penn State, and then San Diego State, Hawaii—which kicks at 11 p.m. Eastern. Isn't that
2: wild? Yeah, that's a tough one. You—you got to—you got. So I just—I'll tell you what I just did. So uh, I called. I had Saturday. This is what I did this past weekend. Saturday, I got up at 5:30. I called three, three. Youth football games. I was announcer for three of them, which is pretty. You were announcing them? Yeah, I I just made it pretty bland. I didn't really dive in, and you know, I may I didn't give it the old everything. I just made just three of them. Um, Then I coached my 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 oldest son's team because we were the fourth game. Got in the car, drove thirty minutes down the road or down like two cities away to go watch my youngest son who played. So I got up at five thirty. I called a game at nine a.m. and. 9-11-1, uh, coached the 3 p.m. game, got in my car, drove like 30, 45 minutes to my youngest son's game, who played at 7, watched him play at 7 p.m., 7 to 9, got in my car, drove to the airport, flew red-eye to Houston to call the Rams game, the Houston Rams game, got back after the game, got on a flight, went to L.A., and worked on Monday. Damn, super yeah. dad. Yeah, so no, you can't beat that.
1: No, that's that's pretty strong, bro. That is that is very strong.
2: That was a that was a weekend right there. People want to talk trash. That's what that's what you know. That's what we got to do as dads, man. People don't know being a dad is hard. Uh,
1: d- hey, it's a lot of work, man. But it is uh, it is the ultimate reward, and um, I know you're enjoying every By second way, of it. How is your son doing? So funny story. Um, it's the first weekend of playoffs, and uh, he's doing great. He's playing, you know, tackle here, football. El Segundo Eagles. What's that? What seed? Uh, I, think they're, I think they're a two or a three seed. So here's, here's, the, here's the rub. Um, they're playing. So they have two teams in their age group. <clears throat> Both, they all practice together. They're playing the other team. They petitioned the league to allow – they wanted to play the number one seed, right, instead of playing each other. The league said yes, but the other team said no, Pico Rivera. Well, here's the other part of it. So they're playing the guys, their are buddies who they practice with every day. My son, we double dipped this year. He's really pissed. He's on this travel lacrosse team. He has a tournament in Delaware. This is crazy. This is stuff I said I would never do, but I'm doing it. It's this team called the West Coast Stars, really good team. So anyway, he's missing the first round of the playoffs because he has this lacrosse tournament, and the coach was – rightfully upset he's known about it for a while i'm just hoping they can make it to the second round because my son's just beside himself because he lo- he loves lacrosse but he loves football
2: he should play fo- it's football season day he should play football
1: i know i know so if i had to do it all over again i, I would just have him do one but this this team this, this lacrosse team plays like two tournaments in the fall two tournaments in the summer you know whatever so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a serious cause of uh, consternation in the Heli household and on the El Segundo Eagles. Head coach Mike Wagner, good dude. He's handled it like a champ. Um, and I told yeah, him, like, coach, I'm st-
2: – Hopefully his star player, you know, without a star player, he can go. So I got to tell you, so last week was our first round of the playoffs. We were the one seed. Now we play, we play uh, a team called the Pleasant Hill Falcons. Yep. As in the second round of the playoffs. Bay Area team. Yeah, they're the four seed. We're the one seed um so we had a great practice yesterday real physical because this team's a physical team they like to hit they're bigger than most teams so um we're excited man like you know i did i i showed you the the video of my son doing yeah the flip when he scored awesome you no know, like we're we're hey, we're we're really amped up for this one it's another tough matchup and and i tell you this, this let me say this i uh we didn't, we normally try to do like film and stuff throughout the week, but we couldn't do it because it's just like I work on Mondays and other people do other things. And so we asked the kids to watch their own, to watch the film on their own. And we were going to question them and quiz them. And after practice, I was like, who watched film? Every kid raised their hand. Really? And I was like, who's their top runners? And they were saying all the names. And then I started, I started just picking them. What does he do best? What does he do best? And they were like, he does this. It just got me going inside. Like, oh, they want this. They want to win this thing. They feel it. They did it all their own, the 13, 14-year-old
1: boys. It's, it's pretty incredible. So, you know, all the videos up on Huddle, right? I don't know what you guys use, but yeah, we, we use Huddle. Huddle. And my son is constantly on his phone like everybody is, right, like watching videos and doing stuff. But I would say more than 50% of the time, he's watching football videos on Huddle. So I go to yell at him like, dude, get off your phone because I'm thinking he's on TikTok or Snapchat or some bullshit. He's on Huddle studying game fill. Hey.
2: Pretty awesome. I, I listen. I'm telling you, it was. It makes you proud when you see you see them kind of buy in and they go. And shame on you for sending them to Delaware. During- I know,
1: dude. I'm. I'm seriously. And I'm. I'm Lacrosse season is in the what? Spring? Yeah. You sound like you sound like Coach Wagner. Um, uh, we had a
2: kid that wanted to play baseball and football at the same time. I'm like, well, bro. That's just what I told him. I said, in the springtime, would you miss a baseball tournament for a football game? And he was like, no. I was like, well, they don't do that here.
1: You're 100% right, and here's how it worked, MJD. is like lacrosse was kind of his sport, and I said before going in, I said, hey, you're on this team. Just know you're going to have to miss some football games. No big deal. Well, it turned out that he just re- kind of kindled his love affair with football, and he's had a good year, and luckily they have a lot of good players on this team, but, but it is, uh, I- I'm bummed out. So hopefully they can win this weekend and he can get back out there.
2: All right, Dan. Don't do this again.
1: I know. I can tell your football
2: s- podcast, and you're letting your son miss football for lacrosse. This lacrosse podcast. I know. Lacrosse you're don't right. You are you you're kidding right. me?
1: You're right. I'm so di- I'm, I'm so disappointed in myself, MJD. I'm going to be better next week. I will be better, and so will Chase.
2: All right. I'll see you later. See you, brother.